Hey guys, welcome back to That's What I Thought, a podcast where Annette and I talk all about the things we're learning, the questions we have, and the times we said, my bad. See, we hope that this casual conversation about life, love, relationships, and communication is a place you find encouragement in your day. Let's get into it. Hey guys, it's Annette here, and I am going to tell you all about me, an extrovert, and my introverted family. (laughs) Um, To be clear, we got to break some stereotypes here. First of all, I know that extroverts and introverts, they don't really control your actions as much as um, where you get your energy from. So like when an introvert needs to recharge, like they've had a long day at work, they want to be alone and do things by themselves. Um, and an extrovert, when they've had a long day at work, they want to be with people and talk and maybe go to a party. Um, so just to clarify, I know that that is the difference. And if you didn't know, well, now, you know, uh, no shame in that, but so, so some of these might sound stereotypical. So if you're an introvert and you're like, oh, that's so not me, I'm so sorry. It's not my intention to to offend you. (laughs) I'm just also playing off of, um, some of the personalities in my family in combination to mine. So you might find some similarities to them. You might find some differences. You might find some similarities to me and some differences. Um, but um, there's so many things that I learned from my family um, and continue to learn. So I am the youngest of four kids. I'm number four. So does that make me the youngest of four? Yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm number four (laughs) and my sister is technically an extrovert. I believe that's how she tests, but, um, everyone else in my family is introverted, self-proclaimed and happy about it. And, um, I grew up way out in the country of Illinois with the cows and corn. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of limits your opportunities for extroversion. (laughs) to begin with, but, um, it's just, you know, it's so funny how God works things out and plans things out that, um, I would be birthed into that family. Cause it's just always so odd to me. I just, I just feel like I, I stand out like a sore thumb <laughs> compared to, to their personalities and what was happening there. So, you know, I like to tell them that I'm God's gift to them because they needed that little bit of extroversion in their lives. Um, so I want to talk about seven lessons that I learned from living with my introverted family. Um, And this comes from, there was a time when I realized that my dad was introverted in high school. I mean, I'm sure that he told me. It's not like it was a secret, but we were just like learning about. You'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) We were learning about um, personalities, I think, in Sunday school and um that was something in like our little magazines we got there was this article on like how to love your introverted friends so i cut it out and and tried to really understand it because it was just such a foreign concept to me i was like i don't understand like why am i so different from my parents (laughs) (laughs) they're both introverted and homebodies and um not outgoing yeah and I love them and love that about them, but it was just very not me who they were home and I just wanted 
you know, talk to everyone I see, never meet a stranger at everybody's feet, trying to be the center of attention. Just opposites, parallels, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story. Um, but what I learned was there was so much to learn from the way that they behaved and thought um, as introverts that I never really thought about as an extrovert. And so those things that I learned from them, I've really carried through since high school, just growing in my appreciation of those things. And I feel like it's just made me a better, more rounded person and more mature. So I appreciate those things from them. So speaking of, number one, listen, stop talking. Wait it. <laughs> so, so chatty. <laughs> which is ironic because this is a podcast where I just talk at you the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Listening, stopping talking. This is a big one because I think stereotypically most extroverts feel like they need to fill the space in the room. Mm -hmm. So like when you're at a party or you're in a, a conversation and there's quote unquote white space. So like space where nobody's talking, it's like, Oh, this is awkward. I need to fill, <laughs> fill the gap, fill the space. Fill it with words. <laughs> fill it with words. Do you feel comfortable? I don't. <laughs> Tell a joke. Someone quick. Uh, and so something I learned from my, my mom and dad really quickly, as soon as I started paying attention, <laughs> uh, was that listening and being quiet and stopping talking is so helpful. I mean, there's a lot that happens in the quiet spaces um silence as like a spiritual discipline it's really mm -hmm. helpful um what do you think sorry to interject but what do you think you've learned most about your parents specifically and just sitting and being quiet and listening to them like it's not even just like what they're actually saying but like yeah about like who they are yeah well that's what's funny is it's usually it's that they're not saying anything. No. <laughs> Cause I think <laughs> you can have silence no. and you can, you can listen and not talk in so many different contexts. Mm -hmm. The one that comes to mind immediately is like being at home and like my dad just sitting and like watching TV or like just sitting, reading a book or just doing nothing <laughs> in our house um and that could be because yeah he just loves the downtime or the space or whatever his reason but to me i perceive that as and that taught me that like he was very secure in himself like mm -hmm. he didn't feel like like he needed to be someone else's entertainer he didn't feel like um he needed to make me laugh or fill the space or whatever it was just like okay and comfortable to like we're just being quiet and i think there's a level of comfort that comes when you know you can be silent in the same room as someone and they don't have any expectations of you um so i think sometimes now in relationships i like purposefully just like sit quietly in the same room as them mm -hmm. number one so they feel safe and number two because i don't have to come up with something clever to say that's true i know i always 
in my relationships with people, I always feel like the ones that I'm closest to are the ones where I can sit in a car for like five minutes and not say anything and not be awkward. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is, is that ability to just listen and like know that you're safe with this other person. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't have to feel awkward because there's just silence. Yeah. Yeah. And in that context, too, I think I've learned like that that quietness may like sometimes it starts out as just helpful for me like i just need to like be silent for a little bit but also i think other people start opening up when there's that space given so like when you're in the car and you're being quiet now this person's like they can hear their own thoughts and so a lot of times if there's stuff clogging up someone's brain that stuff will just come out when it's quiet because you're finally thinking about it or yeah yeah so that's i guess how they work in a double-edged sword then too because because you're listening and they're quiet but now there's awkward silence and so they're like all right now i gotta feel i gotta feel it so i'm gonna tell you what's going on but you feel confident in yourself (laughs) so you don't feel like you have to feel it it's great i love it i feel like that's been really helpful to me um like at work and also like with people who especially people who are grieving any type of loss like not just like the death of a family member but like a job change or a whatever it might be it can be small things one day we're gonna talk about grief too because i love grief i think it's so interesting um <laughs> it's an interesting thing to love <laughs> it is but i do I fascinating love it. it's yeah it's fascinating um it's important too but yeah it's another time. <laughs> and I did this the other day. I mean, it's that same kind of situation where we're like, oh, it's quiet. I need to fill the space because they're hurting and they feel uncomfortable. So I better say something. And then you end up saying something that's like really not helpful or like very untheologically correct. <laughs> and so I just think it, it's so great to just like listen to them yeah. and just stop talking even when you feel like it's the natural part in the conversation where you should say something. And I guess this has really transformed me and probably my expectations of people in a bad way, but like (laughs) 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 honest, real talk confession. Um, Just like, I, I want this space to be given to me, like the silent space Mm -hmm. in conversations. Like I like it when, if someone asks me a question, they let me answer the question and then don't respond again and then give a little gap because then I start talking more uh-huh. because usually I'm thinking, well, what's the answer that this person wants? Mm. And I think we all do that. You know, like people ask you, how are you? And you're like, I'm good. Even if, you know, you just stubbed your toe and your dog died. Like you're going to be like, I'm good. Those are two of the worst things ever. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Stub my toe and my dog died. <laughs> hey, you expect me not to talk about it? Come on. Yeah, my day's great. Thanks, Gail. <laughs> I hate breaking the social doors and that. But <laughs> oh, I got me all off the rails now. I'm thinking about it. Uh, no, but like, because I think, and I'll, I think a lot of extroverts are verbal processors too out loud Mm -hmm. processors so like first of all i'm waiting to see what kind of social cue you're gonna give me 
Like, do you really want to listen to me? Or do you really not care? Like, you have other things to do. Like a passerby kind of. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not offended. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you more than you, you're you here to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, let me tell you everything. Stub my toe my dog died. <laughs> Sometimes I really want to. <laughs> Whoa, just looking for a hay. <laughs> too much just wanted a hay um and then <laughs> so like waiting for the cues but then also i feel like sorry like that person really cares about me and that relationship grows stronger when they then wait again and there's that silent space because yeah. then if i'm given that silent space i'll start verbally processing and like and that's a big deal for me because i think then you get more of my genuine thoughts and feelings about it mm. Um, cause I'll just keep processing them. And if it's really upsetting me, I will just continually process it in a spiral <laughs> till I'm stopped. So you can't let it go that far. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, moral of the story, uh, introverts are stereotypically amazing listeners and so good at stopping their talking to just have silent space. So number one. Listen, stop talking. And so... Oh, yes. You want something to add? No, I'm just going to ask you a question. Oh. And so I know, like, generally, introverts tend to be pretty homebodies and indoorsy and want to not go out. And so in your experiences with your family, Mm -hmm. uh, how has that kind of played out with you probably? Because I know you and you like to go out and you like to hang out and party with people, Mm -hmm. especially growing up. And so how was that dynamic growing up with at least parents and some siblings that would much rather just stay home and read a book than go out and hang out with people uh yeah it was tough (laughs) like i said earlier it was kind of easier because we lived in the country so it's not like it was metropolis and i could see all (laughs) of the things happening and like i didn't see out on everything like i don't (laughs) think i got my first phone until i was in high school and i didn't have texting till like college so (laughs) like i did get facebook when i was 16 though i remember that specifically it's a big day so i could talk to people um but yeah i think the second thing my beloved introverts taught me is that it's okay to not go out Mm. um that whole FOMO thing, fear of missing out. Um, I think especially my parents taught me like, it's okay to miss out. (laughs) Like, like there are things, there are conversations, there are silences happening here that are just as if not more genuine than whatever conversations or um, party or activities you could be doing uh, um over here which was really tough because like like my friends were doing these things they're having a sleepover at a party and i really wanted to go <laughs> and <laughs> i would get told no a lot which is good because my parents love me and they gave me good boundaries but it was just hard to be like man my friends are doing this and i'm not doing it but i think again I, i'm catching a theme in myself here of what i'm saying it's like seeing their security in themselves to be like hey it's okay i don't have to go out and go to this party because like me being alone at home is just as good and just as valuable Hmm. um and the peace and quiet is kind of nice 
You don't have to perform for everyone else. That's true. <laughs> People have a lot less expectations of you <laughs> at home. When there's no one around. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you would say it's like good to be home? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say thirdly that they've taught me it's good to be home. So like one, to be quiet and two, to... Yeah, two, two. <laughs> to be okay with not going out. And then taking that a step further to say, like, it's okay to be at home hmm. um, is really good, too. Because, like, sometimes you're missing out on the party, but you're not valuing that you're at home. Hmm. Um, so I think in that sense, being able to celebrate, like, where you're present and to be present and to say, like... I'm at home and that's good. I think I needed a lot more like mental space <laughs> to process my emotions than I probably realized and probably more than my parents realized maybe they knew. I don't know. But like <laughs> it was really good for me to be able to like have home and have that security and have that sacred space and that's still something that's very important to me like even when I was in college it like was <laughs> it was a point of contention that I really loved like my bed like that was my sacred space like that was like my one like this is my my home my private area and like I just need you to not lay on my bed <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so like being able to add value to the fact that like you are at home and that's a place that you belong again, like adding more security, being more secure in yourself and what you have and your home and where you're at instead of constantly being like, but where is this person and where's this person and where's this party and what am I missing out on? Yeah. Um, yeah I know so. I myself uh, am an extrovert, a uh, rather high extrovert and I really enjoy, especially when, uh, before we were married, I would like, my parents told me all the time that I was out like every single day, always out going somewhere, working all day and then going out and hanging out with people. Uh, but there are days, like you said, where like, I would just come home from work and not do anything. Cause I'm like, I just need to be home today. Mm -hmm. I like order a pizza, watch a movie and go to bed at like seven o'clock. <laughs> And just cash out just because I needed to be home because I'd been out too long. And mm. I just needed to be able to appreciate, like, being home. And so, yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah, there's something sacred about that Yeah, recouping space that fills you up. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a good thing. Yeah. Along in the same vein, um, <coughs> not talking and um, being okay with not going out and being okay with going home, like, also to what you said like being okay to not have plans which is like kind of rubs up against like not wanting to go out but like <laughs> not having plans in the sense of like when you look at your week and every night of the week you have something yeah like my family we like never had anything pretty much like you knew you knew the routine like Sunday we're going to church, 
we're probably like we might go into town my can make so all the time we had to drive like 30 minutes to walmart so we had to go into town Walk 30 seconds to church drive 30 minutes to walmart yeah. priorities mm -hmm. um so like there and you know go to school every day yeah um which is what i was gonna say earlier like having that debrief mental space after school was really more important to me than i thought but um i think it's easy for me as an adult and like especially in college like i saw this to a very unhealthy degree i was just okay with like filling up every single space on my calendar down to like the hour or the minute be like i can do that at this time and like <laughs> just like so then i would be late to things or like miss stuff or because i had other plans and ran late because i wasn't gonna stop talking to this <laughs> so like being okay with not having plans and being able to say like the not having plans is the plan yeah and like saying that's just as valuable because i think a lot of times for me it's easy to like fill up the calendar with things and all of a sudden you don't have any time for like the things that are really valuable so like your time with jesus or my time with micah or the time with like you really close friends to like invest in them and love them. And so to be able to carve out that time and say like, I have plans this day. Are they an activity in going out? No, but I don't need to be guilty. Yeah. I don't need to feel guilty for that. And I don't need to explain myself to this other person who's trying to make plans. Like I yeah. can just feel like, sorry, I have plans. Yeah. That's something we're, we're going through right now where mm -hmm. we're looking at our calendar and it's just jam packed. And we're trying to observe a solid Sabbath Friday night to Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And there's just still stuff that just appears magically on our Friday and Saturday nights. And so, yeah. like It's me. It's time. always me, too. I'm like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Why not? Like, oh, okay. But, yeah, better. so, like, yeah, we're in the point where we have to make plans to not have plans. Mm -hmm. So, eventually, we can just not have plans because <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, because it's okay. <laughs> Because, I mean, what you're doing is you're creating space. You're creating space for holy moments, and you're creating space for, like, unstructured play. Yeah. I think I'm not a teacher, so if I butcher this, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I think that it's a priority for kids to, like, give them time to have unstructured, imaginative play. Like, that's when you you create these good ideas. I think like that's when you create all your like funny inside joke memories that you have in like high school and stuff. But like the older we get, the less valuable we consider that un quote unquote unstructured playtime. Yeah. Um, and so like all of a sudden it's not important or a priority or it doesn't look good to have like that unstructured time scheduled into your day because it's not like, you're not being a productive. Thing that's yeah. Yeah, you're not being productive, mm -hmm. which is just not the truth. Yeah. So not. So not true. Because you gotta have time to be spontaneous and play. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the other thing, slow pace is a good pace. Kind of just to piggyback on that slow idea. Slow pace is a good pace. Slow pace is a good pace. Um. You don't have to work <laughs> at the speed of Wall Street or um hollywood or, new wall street <laughs> or try to keep up with the joneses yeah. um or try to keep up with jennifer's schedule i don't know starting you jennifer the mom in your play date that's perfect and has all these sweet pinterest things it's okay that that you don't have all the plans and yeah that's something 
again that like gave me a lot of security as a child is like my mom wasn't trying to like do all these things with other people or schedule all these play dates or like get me to meet these benchmarks or what I mean she yeah. like taught me things and was an excellent teacher and like gave us really cool activities to do and like had fun with us and did like family nights and things like that but I never felt overwhelmed by the pace of things right. like I never felt like I I didn't have downtime or I didn't have unstructured play time or I didn't have time to rest or time to make my own choices even <laughs> yeah I know I know for me growing up like I always I never felt like I had tons of things planned in my week I know like I played baseball growing up like my entire life and like that's like two days a weekday it's like a Tuesday Thursday and then game Saturday morning Mm-hmm. That's about the most structured that I got. And I'm so grateful that my parents didn't put me on like a travel team and play every single day and then Saturday and Sundays. Because then there's a big thing. The main reason why we didn't get put on travel teams is because they played games on Sundays. My parents valued us going to church. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for that. And so because they knew like the power of what's in the schedule. And so, yeah, I agree. It's really oh. it's a good lesson. Yeah. Um, six and seven. Let me try to hurry through them here quick so we can get you, get you up and go into whatever you're doing next. Um, but number six, this is just a thing that I live by, and I just found that it's true. And other people in my life have not liked this action about my life, but um, I have learned as an introvert, as an appreciator, an appreciator of introverts, <laughs> to at a party always find the wallflower. And just start talking to them because they're almost always the best person to talk to. <laughs> almost always. Like, even if they're, like, the weird kid or something, like... They got cool stories. They got cool stories <clears throat> or, like, you get to, like, love that person. Yeah. And, like, I feel like I know as someone who loves being the center of attention <laughs> when, that when you're performing at a party to be the center of attention is not a time when you're really receiving love yeah it's a time when you are performing to gain love um it's a time when you think you're being loved but it's not really a time you're like letting someone speak life into you you're not being encouraged you're not being admonished you're not having a deep conversation and i love deep conversations so like (laughs) to me i'm like i would much rather talk to this wallflower wait for something crazy to happen in the middle of the party and be like, that was really funny. And then also then be, go back to being filled up by talking to the <laughs> wall. And like to piggyback on that, number seven being a few loyal friends will last you longer than a bunch of really shallow friends, um, which I think most introverts are stereotypically not as outgoing. So they don't have this, um, giant following of friends, but um, they're so loyal. Oh yeah, so loyal. I really love introverts because they're not like trying to go out and be buddies with everybody. So like when you call them, they're around. <laughs> they're like not trying to impress anybody either, which is nice. Yeah, because they're not trying to be the center of attention. They're just like here, let's party. I'm gonna be in the back eating some dip. If let's you want talk. Some, come hang out. Let's relax. <laughs> yeah. It's low pressure, yeah, and I really appreciate that about, um, especially my parents, my family. Just like, 
And when you call them, it's like, hey, it, it's not weird. It's been a, a couple months, but hey, we're good. We're friends. <laughs> we're in this together. It's loyal. So, yeah, those are um, seven things that my introvert family has taught me. Did I forget one? Yeah, I think I got them all. T- what? A few loyal friends. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. All right, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so one, to, to listen and stop talking. Two, it's okay to not go out. Three, it's okay to be at home. Four, it's okay to not have plans. Five, slow pace is a good pace. Six, always find the wallflower at the party. They're probably the best person to talk to. Boom. And number seven, a few loyal friends will last you longer. So my introverts have always been loyal to my whole life. My extroverts out there, you're good for a party and good for a great time. And we'll talk about you soon because I love to talk about myself. <laughs> but for talk. now, this is an introvert appreciation moment. We love you, introverts. We appreciate you. Thank you for quietly re-energizing in your home so that you can come back and love me (laughs) because I need you. So guys, have a great day. We love you. Hope you rock it out.